You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. We're talking about the grace of God. Amen. Romans chapter 3, verses 19 to 31. Heavenly Father, I just pray today that you will make this word real to our hearts. Lord, just speak by your spirit. Give us revelation, Lord, of what you want us to see from your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Got to get over here a little bit more to the side because some people can't see me behind the pole. Some people might try to hide behind the pole, but I got ya. <coughs> you all may have heard, I'm sure you did, I believe I've, I've used the, this illustration a few times over the past 16 years, but uh, you've heard of the fable of the... Uh, the scorpion and the frog. Seems that the scorpion asked the frog if he could hop a ride across a lake. And the, uh, the frog said, uh, no, I, I can't do that because you'll sting me and I'll die. And the scorpion said, well, I wouldn't kill you, you, you if I stung you while we were crossing the lake, you would die and I would drown. So the frog reluctantly agreed and says, okay, hop on. So they get about halfway across the lake and the scorpion bites the frog. And the, scorp- the, the frog cries out, why did you do that? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion replied, I couldn't help it. It's just my nature. This illustrates what Paul has been teaching in the nature of fallen man. We have a fallen nature that causes us to sin and rebel against God. Paul has been pointing this out in various Scripture verses, for instance, in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 uh, uh, to 13 to 14, really, it says, first of all, all have sinned. No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their tongues are filled with lies. Their mouths are filled full of cursing and bitterness. And verse 18 says, they have no fear of God at all. It is our sin nature which needs to be changed. Controlled by the power of God. We we cannot do that on our own. Only God can change us. 
You try to turn over a new leaf. You make a New Year's resolution. How long does it last? That's proof enough there that you cannot do the things that you would like to do on your own, the good things. You and I must be willing to allow him to change us. He will not force us to do anything against our will. I need to want to be changed in order to change. And then when I want to be changed and I realize I can't do it on my own, I call out to God and I say, Lord, I need help because I really need to make some changes in my life. Verse 19 of chapter 3 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. We understand that Paul is referring to the Jews here, for they are the people who live by the law. But it leaves the whole world without excuse, both Jew and Gentile. The entire world is guilty before God. Verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is knowledge of sin. One thing you find out if you you look at the law, if you read about the law, first you will find out that you're a sinner. The law is good at pointing out what's wrong in your life, but it can't do anything to change it. By will and by choice, the people would go to the different uh, uh, ceremonies and rituals that God had laid out for them to fulfill the law. And animal sacrifices were made to cover their sins year after year after year. But Paul is telling us here, first of all, that righteousness is through faith. It is not through the law. It's not through keeping the law because nobody can keep the law. And the Bible tells us that if you offend in the law in just one point, You're guilty of the whole thing. You're a lawbreaker. The law sheds light on our sin, but it can't do anything to take it away. Someone has pointed out that the law of the Lord is like a mirror. It's great for finding where the spots are on your face, but you cannot wash it away with the mirror. The law is intended to show us how much we need cleansing. But the law cannot cleanse us. By the law, we have a knowledge of sin. The law proves that we are sinners, but it does nothing to save us. The blood of the lamb that was shed by killing of lambs and goats and and oxen 
symbolize God's plan for salvation. It symbolized the day that Jesus, the Lamb of God, would come to become the supreme sacrifice for sin. I believe that Jesus' finished work on Calvary, his death and his resurrection, that the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's something that thousands upon thousands and thousands of offerings, sacrificed offerings of the blood of lambs and goats could not do. But it was pointing to a day when God would send his only son so that we could be cleansed from our sin. In Romans chapter 3, verse 21 and 23 says, but now the righteousness, righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Bible is very clear that we all need forgiveness. And in order to have forgiveness, we have to ask forgiveness. Allow me, first of all, to expound a little bit on these words because we use uh, religious words and biblical words that uh, from the, from the uh, older translations, and uh, the people of today sometimes don't understand. What are you talking about when you talk about righteousness? What is that? What is righteous? What is justification? So I'll, I'll, let's look at those two words. I like the, the, new, the new living translation for clarity, but I need to go back to, for me, the new King James Version, to get the rich and full content of of what is often taught from God's word. I would suggest that you would use a, a, a parallel type of Bible for this. I, what I use uh, now in, in, in these days is, uh, is my computer and my iPhone. And uh, you can get those, those translations for free. On your, uh, you can get the apps and, and uh, you can have your, your parallel Bible and you can... Go whatever version you like and, and, and just, you know, get more, more information on what, and what they're talking about here. So the words, words are similar, but their, their meanings reflect the same thing. Righteousness, first of all, righteousness is a condition acceptable to God. Okay? It's right living. Okay, living the way that God wants us to live. Okay? To be righteous is to be blameless in God's sight. You're never going to be blameless in, in man's sight. You can be think you're doing a great job living for the Lord. Someone is going to criticize what you're doing. Someone is not going to believe what you believe. 
But you need to be righteous in God's sight. Righteousness then is, is a right standing with God. But to be justified is to be declared to have, been, have a right standing with God. In God's sight, you are justified. In God's sight, you are just as if you had never sinned. You could have spent time in prison, and people around you, people who know you, may know that, and they'll always remember that. But not God. He don't remember that against you. You could have done some despicable things in your lifetime, and if you repent of that and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, the slate is clean. Your name may still be on the books. If you want to go uh, out of Canada, you may not be allowed to go because of your record. But as God's record, your record is clean. And as I've often said, there are things that we do in the flesh, things that we do as human beings on this earth that we have to pay for. We have to, there's a consequence. There's a human consequence. There's a moral consequence. You've got to pay your debt to society if you step over the line. But when you take it to Jesus, he will forgive you. He will blot out that. And there is no record anywhere. And guess what? If you mess up tomorrow, he's not going to say, okay, now we're going to pile all of these things that you've done, all of that is on to you as well. Just that one thing that you've done, ask him to forgive you and go on. But I want to say this and say it with all sincerity. Do not presume upon the grace of God to the point that you think that you can do whatever you want to do. Sin, do all the dirty stuff stuff that you do, and then say, that's okay, I'll do this today, I'll do this tonight, but tomorrow I'll ask God to forgive me. There's going to come a time, friends, when you will cross the line. God is not fooled. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. Now, I haven't got that in my notes, but it's truth. Amen? Without the law means that it is autonomous, it, it stands alone. It's independent and self-contained. Even the righteousness of God, it says, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all, all, and on all who believe. That is the key. The fact that Jesus died on the cross do not mean that everybody is saved. It's only those who believe. All right? Keep that in mind because we're going to, I'm going to expound on that too. Uh, so here at, for instance, here's a little illustration. Here at uh, Colette Community Church, we're an, an autonomous church. We're what we're called an autonomous church. We're under the umbrella of the PAOC. They are covering for matters of doctrine and spiritual and moral and legal conduct. And... Uh, but we have freedom to function as an independent church. 
to make our own decisions as we honor the Lord and our commitment to affiliation. Okay? So if we, if we were to go off on some strange doctrine or something, uh, we would lose our affiliation with the PAOC. We would no longer have their covering. And that has happened before in this congregation. I mean, in the, the PAOC congregation in Coal Lake. But um, we have no righteousness of our own. Any righteousness we, we proclaim to have has to be in Christ, or otherwise it is self-righteousness. And the Bible calls self-righteousness filthy rags, like filthy rags, dirty, dirty rags, dirty cloth. So I have no righteousness of my own, but God gives me a righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. He gives that to every one of us who believe. His righteousness. Amen? Now, to believe in is different than to believe about. To believe about don't call for any faith or commitment whatsoever. You can turn on the news and hear a news story and you can believe it, believe about it, right? but you're not believing in it. There's a lot of things that you hear today and read about today that you really need to search it out before you put any kind of a confidence in it. And the same thing goes with, with men, with people. You get a person who's running for an office to be a president or a prime minister or a premier. They may be good at speaking and they may win your heart with their, with their, with their good, good way of putting things, their charisma. But six months after they're elected, you may find out that, wow, did we ever make a mistake? That's as political as I can get, folks. To believe in brings with it an adherence, a loyalty, a faithfulness, obedience, and commitment. And that's what happens when we believe in Jesus Christ. We're not just believing about him. We're not just believing that, oh yes, uh, I believe that he was born of a virgin that he died on the cross, that he rose again. I believe all these things. But you're not serving him. If you believe in him, you're going to be serving him. You're going to be his. You're going to be in him. And he's going to be in you. And I think sometimes we make it a little too easy. When we ask people to repent, repeat a, a sinner's prayer, and if that's all you get, if you just go out from here praying a sinner's prayer, you may not have what you should have when you have, an, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's so much more to it. And that is why we try to make it available to people who 
give their hearts to Jesus, that they, that they attend a new, a new converse class or whatever you want to call it. It's an introductory class so that you can know what we believe, what the Bible teaches. So you've got a bit of a foundation to stand on. So to believe in, in, in Jesus, is to, uh, it speaks of a sense of trust and commitment. It's what we do when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior. There are various degrees of guilt. There are sins of omission, things that we omit to do, that we, the Bible says we should do. There are sins of commission, things that we do, that the Bible says a believer do not do. Uh, some people lie and cheat and steal and, and murder. Others are self-righteous. They say, I don't do any of these things, like the Pharisee. My parents are Christians. I attended Sunday school when I was a kid. I was baptized as a child, so I'm okay. Uh-uh. There's more to it than that. Many such people see no need to accept Jesus into their life. But the Bible declares that all have sin. All must receive the righteousness of God. And so, secondly, we are justified by his grace. God's grace is Unmerited favor, that's the most simple term you can use for the grace of God. Unmerited favor to us as undeserving sinners. We talked about it in the song, we sang about it. We were undeserving. And so Romans chapter 3 verses 24 to 26 says this, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ, in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified freely, just as if we had never sinned. And it's free. It costs us nothing. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back from slavery of sin by the blood of Jesus. Propitiation is a Bible word that means the act of appeasing the wrath of God by offering an appropriate sacrifice. The, art, uh, the act of appeasing the wrath of God offered by an appropriate sacrifice. Jesus was a propitiation for our sins. He took the wrath of God upon him 
so that you and I would never have to experience God's wrath. Remember all the terrible sinful things that Paul said that the wrath of God was revealed against. Well, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice to satisfy God's righteous judgment. Jesus Christ is the only sacrifice that God will accept as a payment for sin. There's no one. The richest man in the world don't have enough money to pay for his sin. He's got to come to God the same way you and I have to. Got to admit that he's a sinner. Got to accept Jesus Christ as the payment for his sin. Otherwise, he can't be saved. The Heavenly Father has accepted the sacrifice that Jesus made. And we just have to receive it. The bill is already paid. The debt is already paid, but we have to receive it. You got to cash the check, folks. We've got to cast the check. The penalty for breaking God's law must be satisfied, and death is that penalty. God has said, the soul that sins shall die. And so the only way around that, Jesus paid the price, and we now we accept the price that Jesus paid. God is therefore just and the justifier of all who believe in Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, 2 says something the same thing. He says, he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. But the whole world has to believe. Man, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The Bible declares that the soul that sins shall die. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. God in his love and mercy and grace did not stand by and allow what he had created in his own image to be destroyed without giving them a way out. He gave you and I a way out. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. God in his love and mercy did not stand by. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. We have been set free. There's no charges against us. Everyone who believes in him, there is no charges against you. The slate is clean. And it's up to you and I to keep it clean. So when we mess up, when we sin, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. 
The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That was written to Christians. Amen? Amen. It's good for sinners to know as well, but this is something for Christians. This is a nugget for you and I who go through life and make mistakes and sin, but we come to God and we say, Lord, forgive me, and he forgives us because the blood of Jesus Christ is a forever sacrifice for sin. And so... Paul concludes that boasting is excluded. Number three, boasting is excluded. Nobody can boast. It doesn't matter the size of your bank account. It doesn't matter what your status is in society. You cannot boast. We all come the same way. The new birth is like the Natural birth in the respect that we all come the same way. Amen? And so, Paul says in verse 27, where is boasting then? He says, it is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. It's excluded by faith. It's not the things that we do. It's the things we believe. Amen? Believe the word. And so, I made no sacrifice. I gave no money. I paid no tithe. I served no time. Jesus did it all. I did nothing. I just believed and received what he has done. Now I serve him gladly with my time and my talent and my things. I don't, I don't do the things that I do because I have to. I do it because I heard from God in my spirit one day. Making a good living in the oil business and counting the money that I had saved and and where I would be at age 55, and I was going to be retired somewhere in B.C. in the Okanagan area, and I was just going to be living it up. And I'm still, probably never ever get to Okanagan, but I'm going to get to heaven someday. Amen? Praise the Lord. But I, I, I serve him with my time. Because I want to. I've got a relationship with him. Amen? I serve him with my tithe because I want to. It may shock some of you, but I'm not obligated to tithe. Does that shock you? Tithing is a law, is a law from the law. Okay? But... Tithing is where I start in my giving. The Bible is clear on proportionate giving, and I use 10% to start off with. Then I give offerings, and I give two missions on top of that. And I do that because I want to. It's not that I have to, okay? 
So, same thing, I hold on lightly to everything that I have. And when I see a need, and the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart, what I have is his. The Bible tells us, in a, or not the Bible, there's, there's a song. <laughs> there's a song that we, we sing, used to sing, don't sing it anymore, but still good. It says, Calvary covers it all. My past with his sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. All of my guilt of my past. Folks, there are things about me that I wouldn't tell you. If I were to tell you my life story, I'd have what is they called when the when when the when the government leaves the like uh, top secret stuff and they redact. Is it redacted? Yeah. There'd be a lot of my, my story that I would redact before I would show it to you. But Calvary, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed me from all sin. And he made me a new man. And I thank God for that. Verse 28 says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Faith then comes to be a life-changing experience because our acceptance of the teachings of the word and our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This comes as we become more like him, partaking in the divine nature. We grow in Christ. The longer you serve him, the stronger you should be getting in him. The more you're beginning to know him and to understand him. And the more you're able to share with others things that would knock you down and blow you over don't have the same effect anymore. You still have got your emotions Somebody says something about you or criticizes you in some way, you still may be hurt, but you don't let it put you down or keep you down. It doesn't change your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not going to stop serving him just because somebody don't like you or don't like what you believe. Amen? I was up at the, the conference on uh, Thursday night. I like what uh, Sammy said. You know, we're t we talk about unity in the body of Christ. And he said, we're not talking, when we talk about unity, we're not talking about unity in doctrine. You will never get to a point, not in Colate Community Church, let alone in Colate Community where we all believe the same thing. But there's one thing that we have to agree on is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, that he died on the cross to take away our sins, that he rose again, and that he's coming again. That's a good starting point. Amen? 
Paul ends this part of this teaching with a question. Is he the God of the Jews only? Verses 29 and 31. Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Okay, let me just put a little closer. Is he the God of the Jews only, or is he just the God, or is he not also the God of the Gentiles or us today? Yes, he's our God also. Since he is one God who will justify the Jews, the circumcised, and the uncircumcised, the Gentiles, you and I, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law, or another version says, we fulfill the law. He is the one and only true God over all his creation. All must come to him by faith. You don't work for your salvation. And the ministry team, you can come now. You don't work to keep your salvation either. The work that we do is out of love and adoration for our Lord in serving him. Amen? The law is fulfilled in us through Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, the significance of this life-changing experience that we have, the grace of God, you will never be the same. I'm not the same person I was. Oh, every now and then, there's a little glimpse of that old man that shows up. You know, I, you wouldn't say it because I'm more on the passive side than that, and quiet. But before I was born again, if you wanted to hear some language that you probably didn't hear before, if I struck my thumb with a hammer, that hammer would fly, and out of my mouth would come cursings like it would make me sick because I was born into the church. I was born as a Pentecostal kid. My mommy and daddy were Pentecostal Christians before I was born. And yet, I had a temper that when it went off, it was just like dynamite. And every now and then, rub me the wrong way, and that will try to rise its ugly head. And it's got me in more trouble many times than I care to think about. But I am a changed man. God has given me the ability to keep that old man down. But he's always wanting to rise his head. We're going to be talking about that uh, in more in Romans later on. But, but I just want to say today that there is a changed life that takes place because of God's grace. You'll never be the same. You'll never talk the same. You'll never act the same. 
I remember when, when I gave my heart to the Lord. And uh, I was feeling so good the next day. It was in the night, that, in, a, in a Sunday night service. And in the morning, I was feeling so good and so clean and that. And I just wanted to get out. And we had the little things back home called dories. And a little little rowboats, flat bottom rowboats. And we usually towed them behind the boat uh, if we were going to get wood or something, you know, like extra, just like having a truck with a with a, uh, a trailer behind it. Yeah. And so I figured I would get out there and and uh, just pray while while we were going. We had about seventy five minutes to get to where we were going, and uh, we get out out of the harbor. And there's a bit of wind on, and a big splash of water came in and just covered me. And I began to curse. And all of a sudden, I'm born again. I just got saved last night. I can't do that anymore. So I said, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And, uh, you know, but that's the way it is in the Christian life. You do something, you say something, you do something, and as soon as you know that it's wrong, ask the Lord to forgive you. He'll hear you. He'll listen to you. Amen? It's those things that you plan to do that is wrong, terribly, terribly wrong. When you say, I'm going to do this, and I know that if I pray, God will forgive me. You're presuming upon the grace of God. Don't do it, folks. Don't do it. This is a righteousness from God. God, by the faith in Jesus Christ, gives us that kind of righteousness. There's an old song we used to sing one time. Since Jesus passed by. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Well, I can't explain it and I cannot tell you why. But oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. It was probably written concerning a passage in the Bible where Jesus is passing by and there's this blind man. And he comes to Jesus. Jesus comes to him. He asked him, what would you like for me to do? And he said, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus healed him, but made a little paste in the mud, put it on his eyes. He said, go and wash your eyes, and then go and show yourself to the priest. Well, it caused such an uproar. Jesus healed this man, but not that. That wasn't the problem. The problem was it was on the Sabbath day. And they questioned him every which way. It puts me in mind of, uh, of the news, you know, and you get those commentators and they bring someone in and ask them questions and, and they'll ask three or four different ways, try to, get, try to get the answer that they want. And these religious leaders called him in and, Tell us about it. What did he do? And he told a story. A couple of times it was like that. 
And then he finally said, I've already told you what Jesus did. Do you want to be his disciples too? Is this why you're asking me all these questions? Do you want to be his disciples? They threw him out. But he said, listen, I don't know. These things that you're saying about this man, I don't know. You say he's a liar. You say he's a blasphemer. I don't know that. I've just met him. But there's one thing that I know. Once I was blind. I was born blind. I never saw the light of day until now. Now I see. Folks, you've got an experience with God. You've experienced the grace of God. You can say, I know what I was like before I met Jesus. But I know the change that's taken place in my life. Once I was blind to the gospel. Once I was blind to the teachings of Jesus. But now I know I've received him. And he's my savior. And what he's done for me, he'll do for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, you've never asked him to come into your heart. He'll receive you today. He'll receive you today. If you would like to know, listen, we get cards just about, not every week, but most weeks. And someone will tick off, I am receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm dedicating my life to the Lord, whatever we got on the card there. But it's more than just a, a thought right now. You need to be led to the Lord. You need to be introduced to him to know the power that is in Jesus and to know what his word teaches. Take a step further today. If you've already ticked that card and said, I'm dedicating my life to the Lord, confirm it. Confirm it by making a public dedication of your life to Jesus Christ. Just come up here. We'll pray with you and get you plugged into the church so that you can really begin to grow in the Lord. Amen? If you have other needs, Jesus is our healer. We believe in healing. If you've heard that there's more to being saved than just receiving Christ into your life and having the Holy Spirit come to dwell within you. That there's more to, to that than just having him living in you, but you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost. We'll pray with you and help you through, help you to understand that more fully as well. You'll never stop growing in the Lord. Amen? What's your heart? What's the cry of your heart today? Do you feel that you're right where you should be with God, or do you feel that you could go deeper with him? Do you long to have a greater relationship with Jesus?
Well, it's in meetings like this where that begins. We all have to come to a point, okay, this is it. This is the day I'm going to make my decision. Lord, I'm going to go further with you. And he's just waiting for you to do that. I don't care what your problem is. I don't care what your situation in life is. Jesus is here for you. He looks at us all the same. This is my children. He's looking at us right now. He said, these are my children. I created them. They're my creation. While they were still sinners, I died for them. You want a closer walk with God? You can have it. Father in heaven, I just pray today. your Holy Spirit just make real to the hearts of your people. Lord, if you've given somebody revelation, help them to act upon it today. If you've convicted some heart of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come, help them to act upon it right now. Holy Spirit, your word says, the word says that no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. Draw them today, Lord. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.